0: Welcome to Warriors Offcourt, the San Francisco Chronicles NBA podcast. I'm your host, Warriors beat writer Connor Letourneau, and today I'm joined by sports columnist Ann Killian and sports writer Ron Krocek. On Monday afternoon, we sat down in the Chase Center to recap a newsy Warriors media day. We'll have our conversation right after the break. So here we are. I'm so used to saying the bowels of Oracle Arena, but we're now in the bowels of the Chase Center uh, right next to the new media room. Uh, some beautiful facilities here. I'm excited to get out of work, get to work out of this place on a near daily basis. Uh, we just finished up Warriors Media Day. Um, overall, I thought a pretty standard media day in some ways. Obviously, there's a lot of questions to dig into. Um, there was big news, though, Um Ron, you wrote earlier today, Willie Colley-Stein, who was widely expected to be the Warriors' starting center this season, suffered a, a mid-foot sprain, sprain, correct? Strange, strain. Strain, I strain. I get those words confused sometimes. A mid-foot strain during a scrimmage last week. He was going up for a lob and landed awkwardly, and he is out indefinitely. Right now they're rolling him out through the rest of training camp, so through and really through October, which means he'll miss a couple of games at least of the regular season. Um, you know, he was walking around today with crutches and a boot and t- kind of getting a pulse on the team. It's it, The vibe seemed to, be, seemed to be one of real borderline devastation. I mean, it seemed like some of the players were reacting in such a way that the, he could be out a significant amount of time. Ron, what was your pulse on things, and, and what do you think fans should expect?
1: Well, I think it was just kind of jarring how quickly it happened. I mean, literally within the first 60 seconds of the first press conference of the first day at the Chase Center, Bob Myers announces this. And here's a guy who, like you said, was was brought in to start at center and at a position, as we've talked about, that's kind of been a revolving door. You know, they've, they obviously have the core, as they have for years now, of Steph and Clay and Draymond and Kevin Durant for a couple of years there. And center was always the patchwork position and uh collie stein was going to be a nice contrast to kevon looney um, and now he's not there for a training camp that he really needed to to kind of mesh and you're right it sounds like from what he said they're not even going to consider bringing him back or starting until the end of october which immediately puts him out of four games and potentially longer so it certainly elevates looney's role although that was going to be significant anyway and uh, adds to the many challenges facing Steve Kerr.
0: Yeah, but the crazy thing is, you look at this roster and what was, you know, a pretty crowded position the past couple of years is suddenly super thin. I mean, outside of Willie Cauley Stein, I mean, Willie is really their only prototypical center in this entire roster. Um, outside of him, you have Kavan who tr- is traditionally better coming off the bench. Then you have Mari Spellman, who's really more of a stretch four. Alan Spiili she's probably not ready for the NBA. I mean there aren't a ton of options there um, and what do you expect them to, to do um, as they as they get closer to, to uh, the, the preseason opener and then deeper into the actual regular season?
2: Well I would disagree with you I didn't sense devastation I, I didn't sense that at all. I sensed you know disappointment. Um, Thank they, they-
0: Spelman? he's he I think used the word devastated.
2: Well, I mean, nobody knew, knew how it was going to uh, work with, with Willie Cauley-Stein anyway. I think, um, you know, it's disappointing to not have all your pieces together right from everything about this is new. I mean, that's the main thing. And, and while um, I'm probably like most fans, I'm kind of used to watching the Warriors operate without a true center anyway. So it doesn't seem like it could be the most devastating um, uh, position loss for them. I don't. I don't know what this team is going to look like anyway, but um, you know, for me, I always say more Kavon Looney the better. But um, you know, well, I mean, we'll see. The whole thing is a work in progress.
1: Is that because he's a UCLA guy?
2: Well, you know, (laughs) we had one year. We have very, very few things at UCLA to be proud of. Kavon Looney is one of them. (laughs) Kavon
0: Looney, Bob Myers.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Well, but it also kind of speaks to where the NBA is headed, right? I mean, it's. Three years ago, it would have been stunning to even think of Kevon Looney as a starting center. That, not him specifically, but that kind of player, that body type. And now it is sort of normal. There is really no, the prototypical center has sort of changed. Uh, But I would sort of side with Ann. I think it was more... No offense, Connor, but more disappointment than devastation because devastation is anything that happens to Steph or Clay or uh, I should have
0: I should have prefaced it better. I was mainly talking about Omar Spellman's reaction, who, right. who as a guy who could have to shoulder some of that burden. Sure. I shouldn't have made it sound like it was a team-wide thing. It was mainly one player's reaction, but I thought that his reaction might have been a peek or window into maybe this is more serious than we initially. No, I, thought.
1: I think you're probably right on that. It's probably going to be longer than they they're saying. But I think if you step back and take the big picture, as as uh, Ann and I are doing in our in our wisdom of veteranness here, <laughs> um, it's uh, you know Willie Cauley Stein is is a, is still a piece of the puzzle. I mean, there's so much on Steph and Draymond with Clay out and Durant gone. That, I mean, really, the, the, what 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 the risk the Warriors face here the first what till the All Star break is anything happening to Steph or Draymond. Right. I mean, imagine if Steph tweaks his ankle or Draymond has a you know and they're out for 10 days. They don't really have the the bodies and the depth to, to withstand it, I don't think.
0: Yeah, no and that's it's more the trickle down effect because you you, you think the thing about Kavan even though he's a very reliable contributor, he's there's a there's a ceiling on how many minutes he can play. This is a guy who, you know, has has had to deal with hip issues earlier in his career and he you know is going to be um you know he's going to have to probably play 30 30 plus minutes a night that's asking a lot of a guy who is has the hips of probably a 40 45 year old man at least um so and you look at the rest of these guys I'm not sure who you can really depend on in that front court What, what it comes down to is Steve Kerr is going to have to get creative. And and that's really going to be one of the themes of this upcoming season is he's going to have to hodgepodge things together. He's going to need to ask guys to maybe get out of their comfort zone. Uh, Eric Pascal might have to play some five. Draymond might have to play more five than he'd like, um, at least until Willie Cauley-Stein gets back. And the thing is, I know people hear the name Willie Cauley-Stein and he didn't have... He, the greatest reputation in Sacramento, he had an up-and-down tenure. He, he said some things, I know, kind of gave him a, a negative reputation. But the reality of the situation is for a quote-unquote role guy, he's actually pretty darn important to this season because they don't have anyone else like him. And um, I think that this is a unfortunate way to start the season. You can't help but wonder if this could be ominous. And you, the reality, too, is... It, under, it underscores just how thin the Warriors are and how much they need everything to go right for this season to exceed expectations.
2: Let's face it, Connor. You want to say curse of Chase Center, right? You want to. You're already saying. I mean, once Chase Center— Sounding the
0: alarms, you know. I'm trying to get my hot takes out of the way.
2: yeah. It, I mean, it's super ominous. It's the very first <laughs> second of the first, of, you know, official event of, um, of the Chase Center. But, um, yeah, I mean, I just think that, that, like, to go back to what we were talking about before, we don't, you know, I don't think anyone could have envisioned what the team with Willie Cauley-Stein is going to look like. Everything about this is going to be an, a great unknown. And, um, and I think that the, my biggest takeaway from today was that's invigorating that's exciting to a lot of these guys because despite all the winning and all the success of the last two years, it was a burden. It was almost preordained. They were going to the finals. Steve had to figure out ways to get them excited about regular season games. There was this this weight of expectations and impending free agency and, and everything that was going on with the team. And now everything's an unknown, not just how you fill in for Willie Cauley's time, but but what it's going to look like and, and and how it's all going to fit, and I think I mean Draymond said it as a competitor. That's that's fun. That's exciting because, before, you know, everything's been kind of as the the term he used was status quo for for a while now, and the fans like it because it means winning and it means oh you know, we can book our trips to the you know our tickets to to an NBA Finals game. But I think um, I think this is a new and different era in so many ways, and I, I think it's going to be kind of fun. Well,
1: I think it also underscores, I mean, those kind of dynastic runs have shelf lives. I mean, yeah. five years is a good, amazing run, and and you, Anne's right. It's all it's all new now. The margin for error is much thinner. To speak to your point, Connor. So yeah, the Willie Cauley Stein injury. If, if someone of that caliber had been hurt in the past, they had plenty of ways to compensate now it, it's not not so much and and that's that's part of the freshness here right and, and as ann i think wrote for tomorrow the freshness extends to the building and the physical environment everything about this is new and fresh and interesting certainly for the players and in many ways for us as writers and the fans you know it's a whole new storyline and it's kind of cool because not that it was stale at all after five years but it was some of the same faces some of the same uh, storylines. So now you have Steph, even the same faces in a new, in new circumstances.
0: Right. It really does almost feel like I'm covering a, a new team. Right. Um, I joked, I joked the other day that I go back to covering college basketball because a lot of these guys are college age and really just trying to prove themselves in the league. And one thing that is interesting is that today obviously was dominated. By the news of Willie Cauley Stein's injury, but there were other some there were some other newsy tidbits, um, and one of them that I found kind of intriguing was Omari Spellman coming out and saying he lost forty pounds since mid July. He showed up at summer league. I saw him at summer league, and I didn't know he weighed three hundred fifteen pounds, which is what he said he weighed today, but he did not look good. And he says he now he weighed himself today, and he's weighing. 275 pounds, wants to get down to 265 by the start of the season, which is where he's comfortable playing. Um, first of all, it sheds light on why Atlanta was so willing to give up on him. He, he got up to 293 midway through his rookie season with Atlanta, shows up at Summer League 315. They traded him, I believe, like the second or third day of Summer League. So kind of building on all the all the conversation we're having about Willie Colley-Stein, Spellman's a guy that's going to need to step up do you think that he can salvage what is still a very young NBA career or do you think Atlanta will be proven right in in trading him for Damian Jones who we all know is probably not going to be a super helpful NBA player
1: I'll be honest my first selfish response was I feel like a big slug because I've been trying to lose like 10-15 pounds over the last two years and he loses 40 in two months that's that's impressive. But um, obviously, when you come to a new team and a team with this kind of recent history, uh, you can't be out of shape. And he obviously recognized that. And um, I mean, I have no frame of reference like you do. I didn't see him at summer, summer League. But if he really did lose 40 pounds in two months, that's a good first step to putting yourself in the good graces of your new teammates and coaches. And, and yeah, it sounds like he will need to play a little bit off the bench. And it sounds like he can shoot a bit at that size, which is something they need, and they always covet, so uh, uh, yeah, that's the that's, that's what the Warriors are going to need, you know, everybody looks at them and says, oh, the only guys you can count on are Steph and Draymond and maybe Russell, but they're going to need guys like Spellman and even Looney to take steps forward, right? I mean, a year ago we wouldn't have thought of Kevon Looney as the sort of stabilizing force. He the perceptions of have changed a lot in a year, and that's what they're going to need is guys like Spellman and Jordan Poole and others who we don't know much about to become, you know, to take a step forward and become more reliable than we think they are.
0: And as impressive as it is that he lost 40 pounds in two months, it it tends to be a truism that people who can lose weight that quickly can gain weight that quickly, and he's already shown that in his career. So he needs to prove that he can go into the – his his second NBA season, even if he has an ankle tweak or something like he did his rookie season, isn't going to put on 30, 40 pounds. He's going to be able to keep it off. So um, when you hear that, when you hear 40 pounds in two months, and what, what goes through your mind? The
2: same thing, Ron, that goes through Ron's. Um, and, you know, I mean, I want whatever the Warriors' uh, weight loss plan is because Draymond, you know, lost, what, 25 pounds yeah. last, last March. So I don't know. Again, I kind of feel like we're a little bit in the weeds here because this is all stuff that's going to bear out. That's not really what today was about. Today was about here we are in this new building. Steph said he's going to play 48 minutes in 82 games (laughs) with a big smile on his face. You know, what – I mean, to me right now, this is about this team with this core of – for the, any of us who've been around, or this was the, these were the young guys, these were the babies who took this team to great heights, and now they're the old guys. Steph is the oldest guy on the team, and and that was a lot of there was a lot of talk about that today. This is his and Draymond's team. Clay's too, but Clay won't be on the court for at least until March probably, and and um, and Clay is a different kind of leader anyway, but. I'm just fascinated by, you know, our little our little baby-faced kids who we saw drafted and developed are now, you know, the, the Andre and Sean, the old wise men, and how is that going to look and how is that going to be with this team? And, and just how do they maintain the culture that they've helped established over the last five years?
1: I think Steph is really fascinating. I spent some time with him last week at the golf tournament when he played with Phil Mickelson and then... Listening to him today, I mean, I think he's at a really good place in his life and career. And I know Ann spent some time with him and Aisha. Um, You know, he's got three kids now. Um, He's got his foundation, you know, up and humming along. He's expanding his footprint in the golf world, which is a a passion of his. And I think he does, in a a strange way, sort of covet this elder statesman leadership role he has to take. Um, It's a fresh challenge to go to your earlier point, Ann. Um, I mean, this guy has exceeded everything anyone ever expected. Two MVPs, you know, this scrawny kid from Davidson, uh, uh, you know, has literally changed the way basketball is played. And, and now it's kind of a different kind of challenge. And, and, and I, I was struck by how at ease he was today, joking and sarcastic about playing 48 minutes 82 times and, uh, and being the old, when someone said, you know, you're the oldest guy in the team, and he kind of leaned into the microphone and said, stop reminding me, you know, and I think it clearly blows his mind a little bit, too, but I think he's very comfortable with it, you know, and talking to him on the golf course the other day, I mean, I think he just, he just has a way about him, and he's had it for years,
2: Right, when when has he ever been uncomfortable about anything? No,
1: that's probably true, but I just sense, and maybe I'm overstating it, I just sense he's very much at comfort with his role and this team, even with Durant gone, even with Clay Hurt, you know, I think it's not just about basketball, it's about sort of the the vibe, the culture—he meshes with Steve Kerr, I think, on a on a whole other level that he didn't probably imagine five years ago, right before Kerr came in. Um, so it'll be interesting to see. I mean, Steph and Draymond are, like you said, are and are, are clearly the the leaders and the personality and the heart and soul of, of this team.
0: I, and what you're talking about with Steph, I really picked up on that from Draymond as well. It seemed like he wasn't as brash or. Verbose as, as he has been in the past at this event. He he seemed calm. He seemed pretty collected. I, I think at, at times he honestly looked even borderline bored. I mean, he was picking his 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 fingernails up there and stuff. But I think he's comfortable with his role and, and I think in being a mentor to these young guys. One thing that was kind of interesting is I, I got a tour of the locker room and everything last week, and he asked to sit next to Jordan Poole because he wants to mentor Jordan Poole and, and really be kind of a, a sounding board to so,
1: these don't young Jimmy guys. Wants to hassle him for any <laughs> Michigan State wins over Michigan. I'm sure dude. that's part of it
0: too. I'm sure
2: he just wants to say things about Jim Harbaugh. Yeah. That was such a too bad hire.
0: Yeah, no, I'm I'm sure I'm sure that's part of it. But then on the flip side of that, you also see these young guys who seem genuinely excited and appreciative of the chance to be in the same locker room as. You know, Clay Thompson and Draymond and Steph.
2: Well, and that was a huge takeaway today. Was D'Angelo Russell? Sound, Russell sounds super excited, and he was. You know, he didn't put on any airs or any pretense. He said, "Yeah, I want to act like I'm a cool tenured veteran, yeah. but this is going to be exciting. I'm really excited." And that he, you know, he he scrimmaged with those guys and he called his dad yeah. and brother and said, "Yo, this is going to be really fun." Mm-hmm. So I think, um, I think he's going to be some super fun energy. I think he and I mean, just just based on personality alone, I think he and Steph could be a super fun backcourt to watch. Um, And I I did, one of the things that cracked us all up, I think, was Draymond's little uh, get-off-my-lawn moment today where he's like, I had a suite, and I asked all the young guys if they want to go to Janet Jackson with me, and they didn't even want to go. I felt so old. Yeah. Yeah, that That was sweet.
1: Well, Draymond's kind of much like Steph. I think Draymond's found his voice, right, and his comfort level. I mean, he's, you know, he's totally comfortable ripping the ncaa for for the the way they treat college athletes and and making fun of the young kids he's always been
0: comfortable ripping the ncaa of course (laughs) but i mean he's
1: he's sort of i sense he's sort of come to embrace his role as the outspoken uh you know gruff counter to steph's placid sweetness exactly and that's and that's who he is
2: they're yin and yang exactly And
1: and it fits absolutely um I'm forgetting the, the other comment we were going to make here about Draymond, but go ahead, keep moving.
2: No,
0: I, one thing kind of going along with our big takeaway is just from someone who, you know, I'm entering my fourth year on the beat, and the past couple years, it really did feel like, in some ways, even though they were winning at a high rate that it started to feel a little stale. You know, the the, the the lack of turnover. Sometimes it can be good to get new blood in there. And yeah. especially last season with everything that was going on with Durant, the air just got thick in there at times. And it just felt uncomfortable. And you felt like these guys were just tired of each other. And I honestly think that for this team to be any sort of threat they're going to need to wive, ride that wave of good energy, good vibes, liking each other, getting so to know each other, bringing the joy back. And I think, I think Steve's going to feel that joy because he's got a challenge in front of him that, that he's going to have to tackle, and he, he thrives in that.
1: Well, now, now remember what I was going to say in terms of Ann's observation about D'Angelo Russell. I was really impressed with him today, just the way he handled himself. And I, I'll admit, I don't know much about him. I've seen him play a little bit, and frankly, watching him play, I was skeptical because it seems sort of scattered. I mean, he's clearly skilled, but he doesn't play with, uh, at least with New Jersey or with Brooklyn, he did not seem to play with a, uh, you know, I don't know, poise is the right word, discipline. You know, he just it just seems sort of scattered.
0: Well, their whole offense was predicated on his pick and roll. Authority. Yeah, exactly.
1: But he just the way he. The way he spoke about joining this team, and, and as Ann said, the way the what seemed like very genuine excitement about playing with Steph, I and mean, that could be a really dynamic. I mean, let's face it. If, as you said, he brings a whole new freshness and a new blood and a talent level that's pretty damn high, so if he can mesh with Steph and Draymond quickly, that gives them a heck of a chance to tread water until Clay comes back. And then, you know, it's not Kevin Durant, but you got four pretty good players. Yeah. If,
0: if you go to YouTube, you can still find some old videos of, of D'Angelo, his senior year of high school, where he's saying that he idolizes Steph. He would go to YouTube and watch highlights of stuff, and then go try to mimic it on the right. court. And, you know, the, we're only a few years removed from that. I mean, he's only right. 23 years old. So even though the guy's a max player, a reigning all-star, he still has that 16, 17-year-old in him who remembers that and doesn't want to mess that up. You know, when you get the chance to be a coworker with someone you've idolized, you want them to enjoy working with you and, and appreciate you. And so he, he's going to have plenty of motivation to make this fit work. The, the
1: word I was looking for was polished. He came off to me as very polished today. today. Yeah. Correct. And his game from afar doesn't, didn't seem very polished to me the last few years very skilled but not necessarily polished. But the way he handled himself today, uh, I again I was really impressed and it kinda if I were a Warrior fan, it would give me hope or or confidence that this is gonna mesh maybe quicker than some people expect.
2: Yeah, and I, I just think that that's another part of that cool um dynamic of where people are in their careers that that he is playing with his idol and his idol is Steph Curry, which again, you know, I think it's it's um for those of us who still think of babyface Steph. you know that that that's kind of a cool little thing that this this um culture is could be carried on through through um uh, through Russell who grew up idolizing Steph you know and I think all of us would agree that if you grow up idolizing Steph um and you and you like not only his game but what he what he's done for the league that's a good thing you know because he's he's the player that we all enjoy covering we all enjoy watching so it's good I think it's gonna it's gonna be fun I think it's it's uh you know I'm I'm excited it's a it's a new building nobody even knows what their commute's gonna be like where we're you yes. know people are like wandering around this place wandering where they're you know where are the restrooms how do we get from one place to the next I mean it's all a mystery and and the team that's gonna be playing here is a mystery right now and so it's it's going to be a fun uh, couple of months.
1: Yeah, The woman from Marin who has an easier commute brings <laughs> that up. And the two guys from the East Bay who got a fight. It
0: took me 90 minutes to get here from Alameda today. Well, 90 minutes.
1: Bart Muni, baby. I know. Still, I, learn, I learned. Like 75 minutes.
0: I learned, my, uh, I learned my lesson. But I really appreciate you guys joining me. Appreciate all the hard work you guys do. Um, it's going to be a fun season, and this is just the beginning. Stay locked and loaded, sfchronicle.com. As always, we got some some bigger projects coming your way pretty soon that I know we're excited about, so it should be a good one. I want to thank Ann Killian and Ron Krojcik for joining me on the podcast. It's always great getting their takes on the upcoming Warriors season. Warriors Offcourt is part of the San Francisco Chronicle Podcast Network. Audrey Cooper is the editor-in-chief. If you like this show, we'd love it if you subscribe to it wherever you get your podcasts. And if you've got a minute to give us a quick review, that helps us build our audience so we can keep growing. Follow me on Twitter at con underscore cron and email me at cleturno at sfchronicle.com. Support Warriors Off Court and a lot of great journalism with a subscription to the San Francisco Chronicle. There are print and digital editions. Find out more at sfchronicle.com slash subscribe.